Do, 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 do. Hey guys, this was a really exciting week because guess what we got to do? We celebrated the one year anniversary of Mindy the podcast. And how did we do it? Oh, we got to interview Phoenix Mello. Phoenix Mello is a costume designer who has worked on projects like Black Panther, Don't Worry Darling, Mad Men, and of course, our favorite, The Sex Lives of College Girls. Make sure to stay tuned as we deep dive into the characters from The Sex Lives of College Girls, their style evolution this season. Find out which Sex Lives of College Girls character Phoenix relates to the most. Well, welcome, welcome to Mindy the Podcast. Yeah, I guess we'll just get started. What drew you to costume design? Um, growing up, I have two parents that are both artists, and so I had, that was a big influence on me. We went to museums as kids, like, all the time. That's all we did when we traveled was museums. So, um, a lot of my inspiration grew up just looking at, um, historical images, art, um, which... I was always uh, attracted to the characters in the paintings, you know, and like, who are these people? Why are they wearing that? And um, that started my fascination with fashion, I guess. And then from there, um, I mean, I had a big obsession with Barbie and that started, you know, Barbie, honestly, you know, you start making clothes for your dolls and I was literally printing clothes out in the computer for my dolls. So, yeah, thinking back about that, I was like, wow, there wasn't a program where you would print out pattern pieces in the, in the computer. Yeah. So I was really into making my clothes for Barbie. I would even tailor my clothes for Barbie, tape up the back of the clothes so they so yeah that definitely was a big influence on me as a kid I had all sisters so we were close 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 and um I definitely felt growing up that you know clothing is a way to express yourself so I knew that was part of my life growing up and experimenting with outfits that you know as a middle schooler and stuff you look back and you laugh at but um yeah I was always interested in fashion um which leads to where I went to school um I first started at FIT in New York City which for fashion design which um is an amazing school um One of my best friends went there and she Yeah, it really puts you in the heart of the fashion industry in New York and you're right in the thick of it. I know things have changed a lot since when I went to school. Um, I mean, now there are a lot of uh, costume design programs. At the time, there were only four. (laughs) Like, there really weren't that (laughs) many. Like, there were only a few to even think about, but... I didn't even know about costume design really growing up because, except for theater, which I actually did do the costumes for the theater programs in my high school and stuff. Um, Oh, wow. But, yeah, it really wasn't on my radar. Like, I grew up in Delaware, and that's very far away from the film industry. I didn't, you know, an outsider, basically. And so in New York... Um, when I made that discovery that I was like, I don't really know if I care about what sells next year at Target. And you really pigeonhole yourself, even if you create your own brand, to selling a specific look and really um, you're catering to your audience, you know, not your audience, (laughs) that's for film and TV, but um, for yeah. fashion, it's the people that are buying your clothes. So um, sure. you're always constantly thinking about profit, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah um, in that case, I was drawn more to the couture, individual elements that film had. You know, I remember watching random films at the time. It was like Pirates of the Caribbean and things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. somebody does that you know yeah. nobody's doing that 
And I wanted to do that because even in the fashion world, I was more interested in like McQueen than high-end couture, which I'm sure a lot of people are, but that's just where I was the happiest, making individual new looks. Um, Sure. So that's how I made that shift. (laughs) And I moved. Yeah. bring you to LA is that what yeah, brought you to LA? so while I was at FIT and you needed to pick your next year's um uh, like what your track's gonna be like are you gonna do ready to wear are you gonna do you know what what path are you I was like I don't know what path I am I think I might be a different path so that's when I looked up schools and I ended up um going to fit them I applied there and got in and transferred there for their film and TV program. Um, and at the time, you know, there weren't very many film and TV programs specifically, and I was paying for my education. So I really wanted that fast track in as much as I could. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then I interned and I PA'd while I was in school which gave me the best in when I got out of school because I already had the contacts um, to hire me as the lowest player, (laughs) you know, in the department. So yeah, making minimum wage, but it was the best education working as a PA because you meet everybody. You meet everybody in all the different departments you're meeting, you know, you're seeing every single role in the department too. And you're the face. I mean, for the costume department, as a PA, you could be doing a lot of running around in your car and you're the face of the department. Sometimes if you're at the store, you're at somewhere. So you're meeting the vendors, you're going to the places that the shoppers are shopping. So you're seeing the whole world and you're important too. Honestly, this job can't be done without the help of every person in the department. So do you remember what your first job was right out of school? Um, that I got paid for. (laughs) I I mean, when I was in school, my thing was, that I could work for free in school, but when I got out, I really needed to get paid, whether it was (laughs) you know? So when I was in school, I actually was able to get intern experience for school credit. And that was a way to intern at the time. I'm not sure if you can even do that anymore, but for school credit, it works. Um, but then after that, my first job out of school was a PA. I was a PA because I worked as an intern when I was in school. So I worked, um, I got a random connection when I was at a bar and I told (laughs) people like, I tell people what I wanted to do and like, you know, when you're talking to people, it's very natural and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a costume designer or whatever. But at the time I was not a costume designer. Um, I was, you know, just a student, but I still like told people what I wanted to do and the goal was to get a PA job, you know? So I just randomly met somebody and I had no idea what show they were on. They're like, oh, I think they're looking for interns in our costume department. Like you should just email me your resume. And sometimes that doesn't work, but this time luck had it that they forwarded it to the department, you know? Um, And yeah, then I had an interview and I was extra and brought my entire portfolio to my PA intern meeting um and yeah from there I got hired on Mad Men which was the biggest tv show like you know at the time which was huge for me um, yeah it's amazing so I yeah I interned it was really just helping anywhere I could whether it be setting up um I mean we did things we weren't really allowed to do <laughs> like cleaning like the um, the department and organizing the shoes and stuff like that. Um, that, but 
Yeah, and um, then from there, I they were my first family, basically my costume family. So I learned so much in television. I mean, it was it's a big, big world that you're prepping and shooting at the same time and rapping. It's a lot, and you're you're getting new scripts while you're shooting a script that might shoot next week. So it's a yeah. lot, and your team is everything. So. I, that was my first real costume family, like I said, and the designer, Jamie Bryant, um, definitely owe her a lot because she's, she's just an amazing mentor. She's so talented. Um, and Tiffany White also on that show. I've just been really lucky to have a lot to work. Actually, I like that I've worked as an assistant designer and other positions because I get to see how other departments work and how other designers go about their design process and what works for me. And also the, the designers that I've worked for are incredibly talented. So um, yeah. still have relationships with all of those people because it's a small guild and um, Absolutely. yeah, we're all in it together, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you were kind of talking about it, but I wanted to kind of delve a little bit more. So you've done multiple mediums. You've done television, film, uh, commercials, and music videos. So can you kind of tell us a little bit of how that process differs for you when you're on these different types of sets? Um, yeah, it really determines so much about the project up into like the budget and the days in which you're shooting and the prep time that you have. So, you know, television can be from anywhere between like five months and over a year. You know, television can be that long. And movies can be three months to also over a year, you know. But okay. it's music videos could be less than three weeks, you know, or two okay. or one week you know, and even a commercial. Wow. So um, really depending on the size of the TV show and the size of the project, the budget is like where you're going to start, like how many people can I hire and what am I going to spend on, you know, like where can I shop? So um, yes, yeah, that determines a lot um, because you're going to do things slightly different in each in each way but overall I like to keep uh, the same as much as I can even though there's little time in music videos you still want the as much creative process as you can so um, it is about like determining what the script or the idea is and then how you're going to break that down visually throughout the project um, whether that be a bunch of different little characters in the TV show or like these people that are going through something together in a movie, you know? So there's a lot of sure. different ways to show, yeah, in all these different mediums. And, you know, even in um, music videos, you can be really over the top, like extravagant, you know, because it's a music video and it's supposed to be fun and almost otherworldly and take you to those places that you can be sometimes the most creative in the least amount of time on those types of projects. Well, I guess hopping over to one of our favorite TV shows, Sex Lives of College Girls. Uh, when starting on a show that already has an established look, how do you keep with continuity and while also adding your own flair? Um, yeah, so I think coming into the show, I was already a fan. So... I knew the characters, <laughs> you know, I like could see Important. Um, how, you know, Sal dressed certain, the top four, obviously, um, and how, you know, each character has their own sense of style and where they're coming from. And I guess I just uh, got into it just like, okay, well, this is how she is. So what is she going to wear? 
the next month, you know, and just continuing onto that wardrobe and following the story in the scripts, which take them into different places um, than they were in season one. Um, but also, like, using my own flair and, like, getting to know the cast and these characters with them as well. Um, I think we got to some new place, you know, some newer looks and um, just adding on to what was already established, yeah, in season one. And also reusing what we could, you know. It was a years between the two seasons shooting and, you know, sizes change and fashion changes, but I still tried to use some things from season one as much as we could yeah. because that is realistic um, in the real world. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and what it goes into creating like the mood board for these characters? Um, a lot. <laughs> Well, to get the job, you know, I did inspiration boards and just to discuss like with Mindy and the team and Justin, like where I would be going this season and um, a lot of modern clothes are modern people. So, you know, you're going to places for me or I was going to places that are either, you know, out on the streets in the real world, you know, walking down Melrose and, you know, what kids, yeah. not kids, but adults are wearing that are, you know, in their 18 to 25 range, you know, because yeah. that today is a lot on the internet. Um, and that's where that community is. So whether it be just breezing TikTok and screen grabbing, because yeah. it's, it's really great how everyone's like, oh, this is, these are my outfits for school Monday through Friday, you know, people do that. And sure, it's really hard because they're not exactly Layton and they're not, you know, Bella, but you can see how they're wearing clothes to school, which honestly is mostly sweatpants and crop tops. Yes. Um, yeah. So that I have to elevate a little bit from just the fact that it's television um, and like Mindy Kaling loves fashion. So I can't just yeah. everybody in sweatpants. Um, uh, well, and that's what I was going to ask you too, because I feel like Mindy is probably unique in that I feel like she's more hands-on in like the fashion and wanting to make these characters have like an elevated look while still being realistic yes she I feel like she is the type of person that wants to watch shows and be like oh I want to wear that or like yeah. it's yeah. inspiring to the viewer to to watch the characters and want to emulate their style and it be inspiring um to you know it's just more than just regular, just it being tired uh, sweatpants, which, you know, because it is a show about, like, lighthearted comedy, and we have some great characters that do love to dress and stand out, so we're going to play with it when we can. <laughs> yeah, because we were going to ask about, because uh, we know you said in a uh, past interview that you took a lot of inspiration from Instagram and TikTok stars, which I already mentioned. And I really do see that because my sister is really addicted to the get ready with me videos. Yes, I know. So Those are addicting. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I, like I, to watch them. And then also for me, like screen grabbing is so funny because I'm just like, there's thousands and thousands of photos yes. in my phone that I won't even use all of them. I, like, honestly, there'll be yeah. a huge folder of things. And I'm like, that's not really right, you know? But just the sense of watching people put things together and where they're shopping. And then also because the way that iPhones and the internet work now, you are targeted for every ad that you've ever wanted. So if you just mention, oh, swimwear for whatever pink suddenly your instagram oh yeah uh -huh. with pink bathing suits and so yeah that's really what happens when you're on the internet too long um 
so I we always talk about here because we love costume design. We we understand that it is such a main pillar in storytelling because it really helps you gain an insight into each character's personality, who they are, and kind of where they're going to go. So we kind of wanted to break down a little bit further the looks of like Bella, Layton, Whitney, and um, Kimberly. So I wanted to start with Bella because you've said that she's an attention seeker. So you tried to have that in her costumes. So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit more because I do see that. I see you put her in like these playful like business, like she has her ties, she has her little suits, but then like when she's out on the town, she's still bold, but just in a whole different way. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you curated her look? Yeah. Um, so Bella is now nah, she is really coming out of herself. Like she has this freedom from her parents that she expresses in college to, to the max, you know, like she yeah. is her own woman and she's going to wear whatever she wants. And um, and she really dresses her feelings. I think she's one of the, That's a good the top ones to be like, okay, well, I'm going to hit on a boy, so I'm going to show some cleavage. And yeah. <laughs> so she has intention as well in her clothes. And so by saying that she's a, an intention seeker, it's more about her intention that she's seeking. <laughs> Um, I love so, it. <laughs> um, so it is like she's purposefully looking, and like even when she goes to the party, she's like, "We're gonna, there's gonna be a line there, and we gotta get in." So I'm gonna wear my toddler top and get us in because you know. So she's working the room constantly. You know, she's she's trying to, but it's. In a way, it's this comfortable mess. I don't know. It, like, she's not yeah. perfection tailored, you know? She's yeah. still a kid. And so I like to have things that feel very thrown together um, in a way okay. um, for her. So it's not like – it's a little bit more relaxed looking, but it's a bright color. Um, yeah. And yeah, just having some trends, but not, I think she would be a person that would follow trends, actually. I think she's a person that, yeah. you know, is, likes to ex express herself as like an individual and different than others. So she would, um, like in a, in a mall or a store, she would go to the weirder printed items or the brighter printed things because, um, yeah, I think she's drawn to being uh, a little more loud than everybody else. And I also think it's such a great metaphor for season two because she was going through so much internally that she wasn't telling anybody else. And I feel like having these outward outfits, these really bold, these looks kind of is a metaphor for that in a way because like it's almost like she's masking I don't know I mean that's how I kind of see it too yes um it's a way of protecting herself because she's trying to be so strong and so confident in her work and stuff that it's almost too much you know Okay, so we're going to talk about my favorite, too, which is Leighton. I love Leighton. I love all her looks. I actually, like, was like, I need a mood board of just her looks because I kind of want to instill that fashion in my life, um, but on a budget. Um, but, um, but you said that she's definitely a little less buttoned up this season. We wanted to show that shift, showing her progression and getting to know herself and her confidence and her sexuality, though you kept the rich fabrics, colors, and designer brands. And I just want to compliment you guys, too, because for me – this, like, she is so designer, but it makes sense for her. Like, not everyone in college can afford those types of looks, but it makes sense to do it with her because of her background and, you know, her private school, like, all that kind of stuff. It makes sense to me. Um, but how did you kind of balance that edginess that you've added this season with her kind of already established look? Yeah. Um, so taking her already established, very preppy East Coast, clueless, rich, gossip girl style, yeah. which, my God, I love. I mean, I grew up on gossip girl. Like, <laughs> come on, you know. Um, so uh -huh. I also love that. Like, I grew up in Delaware, which the rich East Coast people would dress very much like Leighton. Um, 
Yeah. But I was trying to bring her a little bit more in now that she's away from her parents too, a little longer, she's finding herself and like you said, her, her sexuality and it's still a little bit of a secret, but she's coming out and it, in a way it relaxes her and it's giving her less of like, I need to show off to others that I'm good enough. And it's more like this effortless, this is just who I am. Um, and in a way, I think I'm, I also played off of Renee a bit too, because she is, her style in real life is very, um, baggy and chill and sweaters and denim jeans that are wide leg and she's not really into the fitted stuff um which is so different when she gets into her latent clothes and that are you know more like a skinny jean and you know like a sweater but I you know we put more leather jackets on her and tank tops that have a little bit of edge and cool girl, um, and you know that are expensive, um, (laughs) but, uh, don't feel as polished and prep as the tweeds that she was wearing in season one all the time, and we still do that a lot, season two, for sure, that was a lot of tweeds and stuff, but, um, just, the simplicity, I guess, of her looks, um, and like, like I said, unbuttoned a bit, so just feeling like she's still wearing those posh clothes, just not as matronly and more youthful. Totally. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also really love how you describe Whitney, because I actually totally agree. So you said that there's a smoothness to her style, And I I really do see that with her, especially because I want to give you credit, too, because she's like an athlete. And a lot of athletes in college may be what you kind of described earlier, wearing sweatpants, like kind of not really caring about their look. But with her, she has like she still cares about what she's wearing, like when she's not on like the soccer field. And even her like soccer looks like she has like the nicer shoes and things like that. So I think that there is still like this athleisure, like thinking of what she wants to wear. Yeah, I mean, she's naturally athletically gifted, so that needed to kind of come out in her wardrobe because that's, you know, she's in the college for that, too. She's playing soccer. That's, like, a big deal to be playing college sports. Um, Absolutely. And so that, yeah, I always like to keep her in, like, a realistic sense that she's more practical um, in her clothes. Um, but yeah, she has like this cool confidence. I mean, she's not, obviously they all have their, their problems, but, um, she's, you know, like her style is, I feel more, um, just, it's a little more effortless. She doesn't quite think over the top. Like she doesn't, she could wear neon. I did put her in neon, but it's a piece that's it's cool it's effortless it's not showing too much skin where it's like flashy like bella you know it's more of a understated neon (laughs) um and uh she does have money like her mom is in the spotlight so i think that as a senator's daughter like you would for sure be aware of fashion and clothes and being around the media um and so she does have money so yeah like picking brands that are a little more expensive sporty stuff but then for her like going out and like date life you know she has a great body she has that sporty athletic uh, so she can show off skin she you know, um, has that confidence to do that, you know, and, but she's classy and she is a Senator's daughter. So she's not like going around with a little bra top, you know, she is slightly more conservative in that way. I think just because of her background growing up, 
And I feel like Kimberly probably had to be the most complicated to dress, I would imagine. And you said that when I use pops of colors, it's because she wants to be bold or she's trying to make a statement. So for her, I mean, it, you probably it's probably challenging because you want to try to stay as authentic as possible with her to make sure that, you know, she's wearing clothes that kind of match where her socioeconomic status is. But you also want to keep with the aesthetic of the show and keep with, like, you know, the overall feeling. So I, I, I'm just curious of how that research process Yeah, that's like. tough because normally, okay, Kimberly is, you know, not – she's – poor compared to the rest of the girls like she is not wealthy and she's working several jobs to make her education and um she makes mistakes she is not perfect at all and she in all the ways is like grabbing things where she can so in a way we're like oh so where are we gonna shop for Kimberly because honestly she'd be shopping at Forever 21 or, you know, the crossroads and things like that. So, um, I did shop there. (laughs) Like I did shop at the crossroads a lot, you know? So a lot of her clothes are pieces that were from previous seasons, I'd say, you know, or like simple things that are classic styles, like very classic scoop neck t-shirts or, um denim jackets that are kind of like all weather you know can really be summer or spring and like her clothes needed to be things that they're layerable you know so it can kind of mix and match for her and we did try to reuse like her jeans you know because that's real everybody has only like four pairs of pants or whatever except for maybe Leighton Bella, but Kimberly, we really tried to reuse her things and not make her closet too large. Um, But also we were like, oh, well, maybe it's like a Bella reject, you know, or like Bella's like clothes or like maybe Whitney doesn't want this top. Like, you know how the girls do clothing swaps? Like we tried to think about things like that, too, about how Kimberly would be getting some newer things. but yeah, like the red dress, you know, oh, they're clothing, clothing yeah. swapping, like things like that, where she's getting things because, yeah, for a certain occasion, you know, like she's not very, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, I feel like everything kind of needs to be a day to night. It can work with a different yeah. pair of pants. So definitely for her thinking about, um, separates I guess separates but I mean just talking about her style in general I mean she's she's more simple she's like our nice girl look you know um (laughs) she's finding her sexuality and her her self-confidence this season a lot so we do see her in some lower cut tops and some more showy pieces because she is finding that um you know, just that she's trying to find, like, where she fits in this group, you know, and, like, she wants to feel important, and I think as a kid, you're trying to feel loved, so if she's trying to find love and attention, then she's, that's a quick way to do it, you know, is in her clothes, so... For her, she'd be like, ooh, red is sexy, you know? I will say I laughed so hard when they did the clothing swap, and Leighton was just like, you guys just really all want my clothes. Like, I'm the only one who contributed to this. I was, I love that scene. Yeah, that's so real. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love clothing swaps. I do it with my girlfriends, too. And it's a good way to get free stuff. And you feel good because your stuff that you never wear, someone is so happy that they have this new piece. I even try to tell my guy friends to do clothing swaps, but they have not yet done it. (laughs) Guys do share clothes in college. I was gonna say I know I shared a, a lot, lot of, of clothes. Like we had like um, when I went to high school, we had like formal dinners and things, and we'd all like swap dresses with each other for different formals. We're like, all right, well, I'll wear it for this one. You wear it for Honestly, that one. Yeah, because you don't want to wear the same formal dress twice. So yeah, 
those are the types of pieces that you're like, okay, I've taken pictures in this red dress. I really can't wear this again. Uh, one thing I like about the show as a whole is that even the characters outside of the quad have a great fashion yeah. and they're meant to be front and center. So can you just tell us about the process of uh, creating an aesthetic for the show as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, everybody, that's actually one of the biggest parts about a TV show that has um, a school. So I've done a couple school shows. I did AP Bio and I did this one too. Yeah. Amazing um, show. <laughs> and it, you can't shop everybody at one store. Honestly, you that's where it's so important. Everybody has their own size their own style, their own boards, and everybody to the little characters we tried to, you know, all the day players. I mean, some of my favorite characters, honestly, to dress are the day players because you get this little break from your your main crew, you know? So, like, Jocelyn comes yeah. in and we're like, what's Jocelyn going to wear to this party, you know? And you can really <laughs> have fun with her. And, like, what earrings is she going to bling out this time? And she's, like, a social media yeah. star. So she's totally TikToking her looks every day. Yeah. And so for her, like, we're at the store and we'll see something that's Jocelyn. Like, oh, my God, that's so Jocelyn. We have to buy that. And, like, we got her, you know, I think Saul got her earrings made, too. But we did some for her. And then we also did, um, yeah, we just, like, you know, just keeping everybody in their own little shopping world and keeping them separate um, is really important to me, you know. Even, like, Ilya, who plays L Lila. Oh, yeah, we love oh, her. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. I love her. Um, but, yeah, just dressing her, like, even into her business looks, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of fun things for season three. And I, yeah, she's just so great to dress and really pulls off her tough girl look. And, um, yeah. yeah, they're just, it's just different personalities, each actor when they come in, you know, and even Kanan, like it, it's, it's a totally different fitting, obviously than, um, yeah. uh, you know, any of the other boys, like how we did Jackson I'm supposed to be like a Midwest yeah. boy. Like these people are from all over. You know, college is very a mixed pot. So, yeah, it, yeah you really have to pull from all different stores. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I will, like, really compliment, though, that it, it doesn't feel, like, it feels very cohesive and everyone actually feels like a main character. No one feels like a side character, which I think is important. Like, they don't have that look of, like, oh, like, they didn't really care what they wore. Like, you guys, like, really put that effort in to make sure everyone had a special look. Everyone like was cared for and I think that's really nice yeah I mean they're just as important as the main characters for sure in a comedy Absolutely. because like that could be your favorite character you know and yeah. I like to treat each person that's they they're just as important and even background you know you want head to toe because you're gonna see that you know on camera and especially in a show where it's all about kids and parties like you're gonna see a lot of the party so yeah. And sometimes that could be the joke point, you know, is that quick little thing. And that's working in comedy is that little things in the background could be part of the script. So like just reading into that and like being a part of the joke and being a part of the script is really important. Um, yeah. Or not being overly jokey, you know, and letting the letting the actor do that and it'd be more serious so that's like it's really about working with the actor too you know so uh it's good casting <laughs> they have very yes, good absolutely. Casting. uh before we switch gears from uh sex lives of college girls we like to ask everyone this question <laughs> but uh which character on sex lives of college girls would you consider yourself and you can do half and half or quarters we allow I know, it it's yeah. really hard because each one of the girls like, I'm not really any of them, but I'd say I'm a taste of each, for sure. Hence. Um, because, you know, I'm now older, so I really can't say I make those types of mistakes anymore. <laughs> but I think growing up, yeah, I was a Kimberly, for sure. I was, like, the shy. I didn't really... Yeah, I, I liked being behind the camera a bit, you know, um, so maybe in that aspect. And, like, 
Yeah, and I can also relate to her, the money stuff, and like, you know, having the fear of telling your parents you're not doing good, or whatever it is, you know, that I can really relate to Kimberly, because, um, yeah, like her financial struggles in college, and um, yeah, so I guess a Kimberly? (laughs) She's definitely been the most, like, I think, picked so yeah. far out of everyone we've asked oh, this question right. to. I think it's been Kimberly. <laughs> so it's pretty yeah. funny. I mean, there's times that Bella, I can totally, just the fun aspect, maybe in my dreams, but. Yeah, right. Um, the more reality, unfortunately, is what I can I want, like, Leighton's confidence. Yeah, and just, yes, that would be huge to have. I think you kind of have to be like a little crazy though if you have that much confidence. True. <laughs> uh, for Katy Perry's music video, Small Talk, what was the thought process of matching the outfits with the dogs? And did Katy keep any of the outfits for her I and her dogs? Katy always <laughs> keeps her outfits actually. So I hope one day Katy will do a big. Uh, I hope she does a little museum thing. That would be cool, wouldn't it? That would be cool. Um, But yeah, Katie keeps her costume. She has a warehouse, I'm sure, or some storage system um, for everything that she has, which is, I would love to look in that. Um, I would love to have that. Yeah, (laughs) tell her to do it. Um, So yeah, she keeps that stuff, which is awesome. And yeah, the whole process behind that, I mean... Yeah, I, I I worked with her before, so I knew that she likes to go all all out. She likes to be a character. She likes to, you know, have a fantasy uh, elements to her music videos. So I pitched that, you know, it was the dog show, but I pitched more that, oh, they look very similar to each other. You know what I mean? Like everybody... It's so true, though. I've always felt that way. When you look, I almost need to be taking more pictures of people and their dogs because (laughs) so similar. So we just, you know, put that to the extreme and, you know, really emulate it. And then her and her dog are, you know, more of these over the top Beverly Hills, uh, 80s extravaganza you know she's like that's it was like beverly hills um 90210 (laughs) or what is that yeah that's really oh totally her character you know so we are yeah so from that i like came up with that pink outfit and then we had a bunch of different looks in that video which were like coordinating with the dog with um the cute little puppy. Yeah, that's her real. <laughs> She's got such cute dogs. Um, with Aww. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, we had to make that whole. We only had a week or two for prep for that. Wow. That's wow. that's how fast music videos are. So even building all that stuff for her, or you know, getting all of it for one video. I think she had 12 costume changes or 10. It was, it might've been the most she's ever had, she said, um, in a video. So that I was like, oh my God. We were sewing in (laughs) our trailer as we were shooting, you know, it was that last minute, but we had a lot of fun and looking back, it looks amazing. And I loved working with that director, um, Tanu. She's amazing. Okay. Very talented. Um, I love, but yeah, it was fun pairing up the dogs and, uh, their owners and how the clothes are going to sort of look like the fur or just emulate the yeah. style of giving the dog a character almost, you know? True. Um, I love that. Um, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about, because you worked on Sylvie's Love, and it's a beautiful movie, and what is it like kind of preparing for a piece that's, you know, fashion is obviously very different than a modern day piece? Uh, yeah, it is very different, and that I really honed in my Mad Men days, you know, a bit, but also growing up, I, me and my mom watched 
so many films from the 50s and 60s. I swear, it was like mostly what we did. So Eugene Ash, the director of that, we just had such similar ideas of the fashion for the film and what I think we were just really on the same page when we met and what they were going to look like and how it's like this dreamy romance between these two people and showing them in the 50s as as younger their younger selves falling in love and then this new reality as adults you know and showing that between the two eras I mean it was a lot of research it was a lot of pulling it was almost all vintage all vintage um so because it was low budget um we couldn't make as much because you just don't have the time or the resources um whereas other films like don't worry darling and um yeah we made almost everything because of the prep period and um that we had like a team that was able to do that like but yeah so Sylvie's Love it was a lot of um sourcing real vintage and um obviously Tessa is amazing to dress because she's just a goddess so um, yes (laughs) it's really just about finding those silhouettes that worked with her character um in those two different eras you know and showing those shifts, um, her becoming a businesswoman and, um, but also keeping them as like the leading lady and male, because I think this movie was so special because it just showed, I think just the love story of what's going on in this era and only had a taste of, I don't know. It just, it, it felt very much like, a beautification of this world that it, we were just really striking in on a love story. Uh, you were the costume designer on the film, the beauty of blackness. Mm-hmm. What differences are there when designing for like a documentary? Um, yeah. So that mostly um, for that, it was not, we try, I try to replicate you know, sort of like an image or if it's a historical person, you really want to do the research on that and like how they looked and what they wore every day so that when you're seeing it in a documentary, it's almost like, oh, that's that person because it needs to be recognizable. Um, So yeah, for that, it was about showing off... um, their fashion, the fashion show that they did, um, and like the beauty that they brought to every, like they created their own beauty industry basically because it didn't exist. So watching those fashion shows, watching or looking at those images from the past, you're just trying to like get something that looks very similar to that so that you feel like you're recreating the truth um, as much as possible. Um, So I guess, yeah, it's more about the historical um, research. And and the actor themselves has to embody that person. You know, that's not a new person, if that makes sense. So you're, like, trying to replicate realness that's really interesting because i imagine it has to be a very different experience than trying to do something that's more you know we you have a little bit more creative freedom i feel like yeah it's interesting like even when you watch you know the movies about you know any of the previous like film stars you just it's always like oh I wonder why they didn't do that exact outfit the replica you know yeah but in a way it's like you have to give it new life and it you're getting it from a new place so yeah it's interesting and that's well it was kind of similar to what you were thinking too because you were asking about when they see us a little bit you were thinking you you had that question yeah, um, so you also worked on When They See Us. So I want to know, are the costumes based on the real people or are the actors 
are the costumes based on the real people or is it just a portrayal of the fashion of the time? Because I'm assuming like, you know, this is real people. So I'm assuming, are you looking back at photos of when they were that age in the clothes that particular person was wearing yeah. or is it more so? Yeah. So a lot of um, that was research also. Like I was assistant designing. I was shopping a lot on that movie in LA. They shot in um, on the East Coast. And I think it's Caroline was the designer. And we, she had a lot of research images of like what they wore on certain court dates. You know what I mean? So like we tried okay. to do that for certain things, but because it was TV, it's also like the turnaround is really quick and you have a different actor's right. body. So it was about like, okay, these are the colors that she would wear, or this is the silhouette that she would buy um this type of suit or like this type of blouse and then we have another woman in this you know so it was about researching each individual person and also about like the court dates and what you they are wearing but you can't be a hundred percent accurate unless you have so much time and so many images of it that um but yeah even in mad men days like we we would research and be, it's so serious that you get everything accurate because there are fans on the internet that will yeah. destroy you. And <laughs> so like on Mad Men, I just remember Janie, Brian and Matt Weiner, like everything we were always researching exactly what they would wear at that restaurant and exactly what those waiters were wearing. Um, and did this shoe come in at that time period? Did that color of that shoe happen then? Because yeah. it was trying to be so accurate and so real. Um, you can get really carried away with that stuff for sure. And like even Mindhunter, when I was on that, another period film, like, or show, yeah. like that show, we were very serious about, um, like how it, it looked because it was early seventies, but it still has like the aspect of the sixties, you know? So it's, it, yeah, you kind of have to blend. You have to blend a lot. Well, and that actually, you were saying that you were an assistant on those shows as the assistant costume designer. So you also wear that for black Panther. So can you talk a little bit about the idea of, um, being like an assistant costume designer versus being the lead and how that role differs a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it differs a lot. Um, an assistant designer, I mean, on every show it will be different too, because like on Black Panther, okay. there were four of us. So we all had very different roles. Um, okay. like one was doing all the modern clothes. One was doing, you know, it was like that type of thing. And so I, on Black Panther, was doing a lot of the um, specialty costumes, like the Dormelage builds and um, the, yeah, like, so all, like, the, the female warrior costumes and okay. um, a lot that was being built in L.A. and, um, like, the shoes and the belts and it was, yeah. So a lot of the made to order is what I was doing. Um, and that process is basically, as an assistant designer, you're basically doing and you are trying to, as an assistant designer, you are getting the work done basically you are gotcha, the yeah. one that has to oversee a lot of the creative to get what your designer wants so it's about communication mm -hmm. and it's being an extra eye an extra hand arm body to your designer and um getting their vision on camera so um, and also being, you know, cause you're part of that creative process. I'm bringing the beads to her. We're talking about how the beads are going to be laid out. And then I'm going to the beater and working with the beater about how that's going to be done and the timeline. So mm -hmm. it's, it's overseeing the creative process for the designer as extra eyes and working even in the fittings and stuff. So, 
Um, but yeah, your role will be different on almost every film, so or every project as an assistant designer, and it, it, even that role's name is different in New York versus Los Angeles. So it's really about um, what, yeah, like what creative thing that you're bringing to the table. So yeah, it could also be uh, like a lot of the time you're in every single fitting with the designer and you're overseeing the alterations and the shopping and, you know, so it's a very hands-on role. Okay, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of Detroit. Yeah. I always consider like the male version of Broad Bring City. It it's like, yeah, so good. Uh, I guess just want to know, is it just a lot of fun being part of that show? And also, I just thought Sam and Tim have such a great out of work swag of just like, you know, still kind of businessy, but still like, you know, just fun. Yeah, that show was a really special project. Um, we spent two summers in Detroit, and they're both. Detroit native natives and I now understand why D Detroiters are so proud of their city. I love Detroit yeah. now. Like they're one of the only places that will wear Detroit logos everywhere. Like no other city is really rocking their own I don't know, their city's logos that way. And well, I was going to say, if you have any of the D2 Roy shirts, I will take one. Oh, my God. I think I do. I really think I do. I think I have a black one you can have. Um, seriously, I know. Those shirts are so silly. Um, yeah, I love working on comedies. And even, you know, from AP Bio to Detroiters, I like working on a lighthearted set. It's you know, yeah. it's still really hard work and there's a lot of last minute and, you know, Tim and Sam are sneaker heads. So even though you see yeah. no <laughs> sneakers in the whole show, I promise you yeah. the sneakers were great. <laughs> um, yeah, every outfit was for sure coordinated with the sneakers. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, working with them was really fun, and even the writers of that show, they'd come up with the most ridiculous things, and I'm like, okay, sure, we'll go get that, you know? Well, I was wondering, did you have a lot of fun creating Sam's look for his uh, prostitution oh commercials? Oh, You have no idea. <laughs> All, every time that Sam had to get into a suit, and even Tim's, like, his prostitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god, that was so good! I brought in that silky shirt, and I was like, "Yeah, this is what you're wearing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're really fun to work with, and yeah, I do miss them. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're fun, and I yeah really really enjoyed those characters and Tim's characters and playing with the funny like '60s aspect of the ad agency versus them very modern um kids yeah. in Detroit that are like kids you know they're really um and yeah their family life too like I think that's really funny and just also all the uh small the, the small jokes that only Detroit people would get like they're really yeah. really into that so all the writers would have these little niche things that I would be researching and trying to, you know, like the wigs commercial. It, there's so much that is, you know, based off of Detroit little humor. Do people in Detroit really eat that many hot dogs? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> the hot dogs is so funny. Um, yeah, it's sick. Hot dogs are sick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, I just wanted to ask you too, because I know you, you actually mm -hmm. sketch too. Um, like, what do you do with those sketches for some of the shows that you've, you know, been on, like after you're done with them, I'm sure you have a portfolio as well, but do you like hang any of them up? Do you put them anywhere? Cause I feel like that's so cool. If I could, if I was an artist, I would like, I'd have it everywhere. <laughs> um, I only have a one bedroom apartment, so I can't put them up on the okay. walls. Um, but, uh, I do just have my digital portfolio because ultimately it's all 
in a stack under some closet, you know, <laughs> um, anything that I do. Now I really work on my iPad because it's just easier to change and color um, and send and throw in patterns behind it. Um, and yeah, I came from, or like I grew up even in high school and stuff, like I was the yearbook editor in chief and I was very computer savvy. So I've always been good at Photoshop and Illustrator and things like that. So um, that really carried on actually into my career. And like for Black Panther, I worked a lot on the computer art and um, uh, even, you know, with Ruth again on um, Coming to America, I did a lot of that like computer art for the embroidery and Eddie Murphy's coats and stuff. So uh, the drawing stuff I try to keep together, but a lot of it is digital now. Um, okay. Which then I always have it. I just, it's a lot. So I have like a hard drive. <laughs> okay. No, because I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like that'd be really cool to have one day to like, you know, like it's a coffee book table or something yeah. like, you know, like I just think they're so yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do um, that someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and actually we were going to ask you too about that. Like the CGI aspect of fashion is, I feel like starting to really come into place. So have, have you had to do certain trainings and things like that, especially now that you're saying you already have a little bit of experience with it, um, which I'm sure is very helpful. Yeah. I think the industry is changing rapidly. I think the AI and the CGI, we'll, we'll see how this changes our industry. It'll be interesting. And I know the writers right now are literally going through their strike, you know, negotiating AI. So it'll be interesting when it comes to us about, you know, CGI and stuff and how, you know, they're digitally scanning in designs like for Avatar that they create to then put it in the movie. It's very interesting. And I think, yeah. you know, really you're only going to see that in bigger budget stuff for now until somebody does a movie that's all AI. But, um, yeah, as much as, like, we can protect the creative, that is really what's important. Um, but Absolutely. I think it's a self-training process, and I don't even think there are a lot of designers that even know Illustrator like I do. I think a lot they hire you hire assistant designers or you hire your your illustrator to know that um, okay. I, is what I see a lot. You know, you, you hire some amazing Philip Boutet, you know, like to do your illustrations and some of your rendering. Cause, but yeah, that's going to be a big interesting thing in the future, this AI and the, and how it will progress creatively. So, stay tuned. Uh, you have a very diverse background in designing. When we had Sal on, he said he really honed his skills in TV. Is there any area of costume designing where you really honed your skills? That's hard. I mean, television was my <laughs> first family, so that is where I, it was my first boot camp, and television is truly one of the hardest, I think, because you are doing so much at once, dealing with so many different people. And movies are a little smaller than that, um, just because you have one script from the beginning and they'll only change so much about it, hopefully. Um, yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah. television, you're just working with this mass of, of story that you know, you're honing in on the timelines and priorities because television is all about your priorities because you have, we'll have a list of forever, you know, of things to do, but you can't do it all. So you, you learn how to prioritize in television. Um, I also think that working on low budget and big budget projects for me, because I've worked with budgets that are $1,000 or under, and then I've worked with a budget yeah. that's right under, like, a million dollars, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you never... I think having experience in both has given me um, how to do a small project 
to make it look like it's big budget, you know, or having the connections with people that do big budget that, you know, that type of thing. And also realizing, you know, that you can do things in a small way as well. Um, and never forget that, you know, that you can do things in a small way. And sometimes those big budgets are a waste, you know, like not always if you're doing creative, but it's just like our industry is so, has so much money in it. And I like for the money to be seen on camera, you know, and to go yeah. to the people that are actually working on the project rather than wasting yeah. things for Absolutely. overnight shipping. But it's like, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? So yeah, as much as conscious as I can be about where the money is going, um, that's a big part of my job, but yeah, television and I guess variety has, has been my calling card. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, my last question is, cause we are Mindy, the podcast. We want to ask you, what is your favorite Mindy Kaling show? Oh gosh, that's hard. I mean, I was, yeah, yeah right? I was a fan of the Mindy show, but I like, I think Sex Lives of College Girls. That's like really where I was like, oh, I got. I think this is so good, and I want to be a part of this. And so I was really thrilled to to do season two um, because I was a fan of the show. <laughs> Absolutely, that's so fun. Um, well, we can't thank you enough. We've had such a fun time getting to chat with you. <laughs> thank you so yeah, much. Of course, anytime. Maybe next time. Maybe another time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that we would love it <laughs> well thank you so very much for your time and um we like i said we're always welcome back from into the podcast maybe we'll chat after season three <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in and make sure to listen next week for another episode of Mindy the podcast do 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 do